BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. Today my guest is Rebecca Zonk and we'll be talking about how to negotiate with narcissists and win. So dealing with narcissists can be really hard, especially if it's in your workplace or in your personal life. And Rebecca will share all the proven strategies on how to negotiate and how to handle narcissists. Rebecca is one of the top 1% of attorneys in the nation, have been recognized by US News, one of the best lawyers in America. She's also globally recognized narcissism negotiation expert and more than 35 million views on YouTube in two years and creator of the Slay negotiation method. She's the author of upcoming book, Slay the Bully, How to Negotiate with Narcissists and Win, and two best-selling books, Negotiate Like You Matter and The Surefire Method to Step and Win and Breaking Free, a step-by-step divorce guide for achieving emotional, physical, and spiritual freedom. Rebecca's perspectives are in high demand by television and print outlets as she has been featured in on Extra, Forbes, Huffington Post, Newsweek, Dr. Drew, Add My Let's Podcast, and so many others. Rebecca's podcast, Negotiate Your Best Life, is ranked in the top of 5% of podcasts globally. Before we dive in, I would like to share with you guys something that I've been working on for a really long time. I just launched PR AI Accelerator Program where you will have access to over 100,000 journalists and reporters and over 1 million of influencers where you can scale and take your brand to the next level because we'll be talking about PR, branding, AI, and how you can actually get your brand in news. So this is very special program that I offer right now. And you guys can find all the info in show notes. 
And of course, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, Rebecca. I'm so honored to have you on my podcast. How are you today? I am doing great. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being my guest. And just to give you guys a background, I met Rebecca at a conference in Atlanta and I heard her story and everything what she stands for. I definitely wanted you guys to hear that as well. And I wanted Rebecca to share it with you guys. So I guess let's dive in. I'm me ready. Too. Yeah, me too. So excited to talk to you. I just had you on my podcast too. And I love, love, love your story. And I love you. I so appreciate you. We would love to know more about yourself, your story. How did you start your career? How did you become so successful? And why did you choose to deal with narcissists? Well, it's a number of different things, actually. I really, you know, I started to say, well, you know, I've been an attorney for a number of years. I've really, I, you know, I don't practice law anymore because I, I am doing a number of other things now. But prior to the work that I'm doing now, I had been in the um, high net worth divorce litigation space. And I, you know, I say, oh, I dealt with narcissists there, which is definitely true. But then after that, I had been in a number of entrepreneurial endeavors and I had a narcissistic business partner in one of those endeavors, which was absolutely traumatic and a horrible, horrible experience. And, you know, even though it wasn't a romantic partner, it was still awful. And it brought back feelings of being bullied as a kid. And this was really fairly recently in my life after I had built one of the top practices in the country. And, you know, I've been recognized by US News as one of the top 1% of, of attorneys in the country and, you know, had, you know, a fair number of accolades as an attorney. And so I tell people this because, you know, I want people to know it can happen to anybody. But to be honest with you, I think that my journey in dealing with narcissists and why I feel so passionate about wanting to help people in this work is because it has been something that I've been dealing with for, you know, my whole life. I was bullied as a kid for being Asian. And I think that I have always felt like I want to help people who feel voiceless. I want to feel, I want to help people have access to justice, have access to freedom, have access to living their best lives. And because as a child, I felt voiceless, I felt powerless. And now I have the opportunity to help people break free and create new beginnings and new and new futures. And that that I think is why I feel so passionate about this. I see. And dealing with narcissists is definitely can damage your soul. And I dealt with it in my personal life, but also in the workforce, you definitely deal with some people like that too, because narcissists. But how do I how actually narcissists become narcissists? I guess because of their past traumas and them being bullied by someone or how do they even become narcissists? 
Oh, that is such a great question. And I'm so glad that you asked me that question. Not very many people do ask me that question, but I'm so glad that you did because in my research for my new book, Slay the Bully, How to Negotiate with a Narcissist and Win, I actually did come across that research and it does happen in childhood. So it is nurture, not nature. It's not something genetic. It's not like you can, you know, have the gene for being a narcissist. It is something that happens as a result of repeated trauma, continuous trauma. What happens is as human beings, when we are exposed to trauma or when something happens to us that causes us to feel where we uh, go into what we call survival mode, we feel like we need to fight or flee, right? Fight or flight. And when that happens, our brains emit chemicals, our brains emit hormones, you know, so that we can become faster or get ready to or fight, right? So it's it's adrenaline or or you know, you know, it's it's something that happens so that we can become, you know, ready. And and you know, that's part of us being cavemen, you know. And but that's great in that moment. But when that happens in our brains on a, on a continuous basis, on a regular basis, because we're children. And so they've been exposed to traumatic events on a regular basis. It can actually cause damage to the limbic system, part of the brain, the, the emotional center of the brain. And when that happens, it, it actually causes arrested development in that emotional center of the brain, that limbic system. And so while the rest of the brain might continue to develop that prefrontal cortex, the, that limbic system part of the brain does not. And so what happens is when a narcissistic person, you know, is presented with stimuli that causes them to feel where, you know, that, that they are needing to be back in survival mode again, whether we think it's rational or reasonable or not is of no consequence. They think it's rational or reasonable. Then that narcissistic injury is triggered. That limbic system, part of their brain is triggered and they are they go back into that survival mode and 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 so when you go to negotiate with them that's where they are and oftentimes they don't even remember what they're doing during that period of time narcissistic rage can come flying out they can do things that are not rational not reasonable and so you're not dealing with a, a, a person who is a regular, rational, reasonable person at that time. And, you know, we think, why are they doing what they're doing? And that is why. And so, you know, you cannot negotiate with this person in the same way that you would a, a regular person. Now, 
the thing is that the thing that could trigger them could be anything. It could be an eye roll. It could be a tone of voice. It could be, it could be nothing. It could be that you didn't do anything, but they perceive that you might have done something. It's their own paranoia. And then they act on it in that way and, and, and interact with you in that way. And now you're dealing with that. And let me tell you, they will take themselves down to take you down. And that's the crazy thing. So when you're negotiating with them, when you're communicating with them, you're not dealing with rational, you're not dealing with reasonable. And that is why when you go to negotiate with them, you have to deal with them in, in a way that's different than anyone else. And also narcissists don't pick like just weak people. They pick always the most successful ones, the strongest ones, especially for men, narcissist men pick like the most successful women, the strong women, so they can feed off them and put them down so they feel better about themselves. And the worst part, like you said, they don't even remember why they doing it and how they doing it. But well, yeah, I mean, not just men to women, it's women to men too. Narcissists don't choose you because you have so little value. They choose you because you have so much value. I mean, think about it. They don't want the clearance rack item. They want the shining star. Of course they do. They want the thing that's going to make them look good. They want the thing that's going to, you know, they want that good source of, of supply, you know, but then they, they have to make themselves feel better. So they have to, you know, push you down to make themselves feel better. So there's a couple of different sources of what we call, what I call narcissistic supply. What I, I call them diamond level supply and coal level supply. So diamond level supply is how they look to the world, which, you know, they will protect and defend that at any cost, you know, so it's impressive friends, the money, the, the big car, whatever the outside thing is. And then there's what I call coal level supply, which is pushing people down, degrading people, devaluing people, debasing people, you know, make pushing people down to build themselves up. That's the kind of like the dark underbelly of narcissistic supply that they don't necessarily show everybody else. So those are kind of the two different levels of narcissistic supply. And, and they will, they will let go of the coal level supply if they think that that diamond level supply is going to be threatened because, you know, while they want it all, they will, they will grasp onto that diamond level supply. If they think that, you know, that's going to be threatened in some way that that one's more important than anything. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And what do you think the best strategies to deal with it? If you are negotiating a narcissist, what should you do? Yeah. So that's where my slay methodology comes into play, right? So it's strategy, leverage, anticipate, and you, and the strategy is 
figuring out what your vision is, where, what's your GPS, where is it that you want to go first and foremost. And, and then, um, once you figure that out and, and figuring out what kind of narcissist is it that you're dealing with? Is it covert? Is it grandiose? Is it malignant? Because they each act differently in negotiations and then figuring out what your action plan is. And then going to creating your leverage. And then, you know, your leverage is going to be based on the two different forms of narcissistic supply, because most people think narcissists just want to win. That myth is totally false because that only takes into account diamond level supply, how they look to the world. It doesn't think about, and, and it totally discounts that coal level supply. They love to manipulate you. They love to see you squirm. They love to move those goalposts, you know, in negotiations, right? And, and so as long as they're getting that supply out of seeing you squirm, they're never going to resolve issues, right? So you have to think about a way that you can threaten a source of supply that is going to be more important for that narcissist to keep than the supply that they get from manipulating you. Threaten that source of supply, but you can't actually take away that supply source because if you do, then your leverage is gone. And so that's what I teach people how to do. And then the A is anticipating what the narcissist is going to do and, stay, and staying two steps ahead of them, which is, you know, figuring out the type of narcissist that you're dealing with, knowing that they're going to be trying to bait you, trying to trigger you, trying to do things to get you to, you know, sabotage yourself, that sort of thing. And, and what can you do to make a plan? What can you do to shift that dynamic? What can you do to course correct so that you are the stronger one, that you are the more powerful one so that you, because once you start to build your own source of our authentic power, they become less powerful. So I always say step one, don't run. Step two, make a U-turn. Step three, break free. And then the why is you on the offensive, you and your mindset, because a hundred percent of winning is having a powerful mindset. Your mindset is everything, everything. How do you actually define different types of narcissists? Because you mentioned different three, three different types and how do you actually know which one is which and how to deal with each one? Yeah. Good question. Such a great question. I mean, there's many different types of nurses, but I, you know, I kind of go into the three in, in my book because I think those are the main kinds that you hear about a lot. The grandiose narcissist is, I start with that because that's the one that everybody thinks of. That's the one that I really, the only one I ever really knew about. I didn't know that there were even kinds before, you know, before a couple of years ago, frankly. And so the grandiose narcissist is the one that pretty much everyone thinks of when they think of a narcissist. Blowhard, boastful, doesn't really think about anybody but themselves, fills the room, tells everybody how great they are, 
you know, asks how you're doing, but doesn't even let you finish your sentence, um, you know, isn't really interested in you, but, you know, tells you how great they are all the time. And is, you know, I always kind of thought of that as the narcissist. They are the ones who are grandiose, you know, like that pretty much what you think of as a narcissist, grand, out there, over telling you grand pronouncements of being a narcissist, right? No empathy. All narcissists have trouble with empathy because they have no feeling of value inside. And so they're in pain. They have great pain. They have great shame. And if, you know, if you are in great pain and you have a great amount of shame, it's all your own pain all the time. And so they can't think about anybody else but themselves. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Because of that. So that is grandiose. A covert narcissist is actually stealthier, I think much smarter in a lot of ways because of how they go about their narcissism. They, the rest of the world thinks they're wonderful, great. You know, they are um, oftentimes, um, uh, the play, the victim oftentimes use guilt to get people to do things. They are, their public persona is totally different than their private persona. They oftentimes, um, use passive aggression to get what they want you know, they, they say they're going to do things to your face happily, and then they just don't do it. They, um, uh, there's always sort of this plausible deniability with them. I would say sort of clean hands, f forgetting to do something that they said that they were going to do. Oh, I, I meant to do it. I forgot. Uh, they inadvertently leaving you off an email chain, and then you just don't end up showing up to a meeting that was important. Oh, I thought you were on that. I meant to king and queen of couching their, um, th the way that they line up their flying monkeys uh, by couching their things in terms of care. Oh, I'm so concerned about Susie and her drinking, you know, she's just drinking too much. I'm just really concerned about her, you know, she's just, I don't know, she's drinking too much, you know, I'm just worried about her, you know, that sort of thing. Um, it's just, they're very much stealthier in their narcissism. And so it's much more of a, the clean hands because the rest of the world thinks they're great. And so it's much, much harder for the target. M malignant narcissist is more of your, oh, they have an overlay of being a sociopath. 
So they are tend to be your stalkers, uh, you know, the ones who have no problem at all ruining your life. So they will file a motion saying that you're a child molester when you're not. They will go after your job in a divorce and, you know, they're insane. That's not the ones that, you know, they're the ones you want to definitely stay clear of. I think for me personally, I think the covert narcissists are the most dangerous because everybody thinks they're wonderful and at home or, you know, as a business partner, it's death by a thousand cuts. My former business partner was a covert narcissist and it was awful. Oh my God. I didn't even know there are so many types and I love how you explain each one and how to deal with it. And also like, I'm really sorry about the experience you went through because dealing with this kind of people is really traumatizing. Did you have to go to therapy after or how did you never? Oh yeah, this? totally, totally. Yeah. I mean, because it brought back all kinds of feelings of being bullied as a kid, you know, all of a sudden it was for me. Yeah. Like, like all, you know, inadvertently being left off an email chain or, you know, the passive aggression or the, um, the little like dropping of, oh, you know, what was the name of your book again? I can't remember, you know, like just little, like, you know, insults, like, you know, little, little insults, little cuts, you know what I'm saying? Like things like that. Yeah, I totally do. And also as far as there's so many kind of red flags to recognize narcissists but what are the main ones so if we see that we can think right away not to talk to that person or just not to have not to deal with that person yeah i mean they definitely come on very strongly at the beginning and and they use mirror neurons to become the perfect person for you. And that's the thing that they are very, very good at because it's been a survival mechanism for them from the beginning. So they, they read people very, very well, and they come on very strongly at the beginning. And they also know how to read people's sort of weaknesses. They're very good at kind of finding that, that, in, you know, oh, uh, you're new in town or, oh, you know, you don't, um, you, you sort of need, need me here or, or whatever. And they find that in, they figure out what it is that you're looking for to be that perfect person for you and, and, and become that, wow, we were so meant to be. And, and, and they just, barrage you at the beginning. I mean, you almost can't breathe at the beginning because they sweep you off your feet. Now, whether it's professional or personal, it's the same, you know, it's, it's, it's 50 emails a day. It's showing up at your house or office. It's, you know, you cannot get away from this person at the beginning. And it's, it's, it's wow you know, I can't believe this person is, is real with all of this amazing stuff that they're offering me in, in this life. And they're saying all the right things, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And I'm promising this and I'm promising that, and I'll do whatever you want and, you know, or, or whatever it is. And, and, 
and then and 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 so you're you're you all of the hormones in your brain are just going crazy your serotonin all that is just insane right and then and you do see you might even see red flags at the beginning you might even see part of their stories not adding up or something something but you know you you're you're so in it at that point they might even say oh don't worry about that or they might bat it away in some way and you you yourself might even say you know i'm I'm not going to pay attention to that because all of this is so good. You know, I, I don't want to see that right now. And because you want what you want, or you want to believe that people are good in some way or something, I don't know. And so, and then the deeper you get into it, because they lock you in as fast as they can. Let's move in together. Let's be business partners. Let's do this job. Let's sign this contract. Come work for me. You know, whatever it is. And, and then once you're there, you know, immediately things shift. You know, why are you emailing me so much? Why are you texting me so much? You know, I have to work. You know, you're so clingy. You, you know, all of it. Everything changes right away. Yeah, I totally feel you. I used to fall for it. And I didn't know. I was like, wow, this is actually so amazing that someone is like that. But then when you learn from your lessons in life now, if you meet somebody like that, and if you hear something like that from someone, you're like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> there is something wrong with it. I'll just let this person to say and do whatever they want to do and, and show me all these actions and just, you know, love bomb you or just you know, show you so much. And then of course they disappear or something else has happens when after the stage, they're trying to get you into it. Well, for me, when I had a relationship with Narcissus, it was moving in right away. He's like, oh, in six months, we'll be engaged. We'll be married. We'll have kids and all that. Right. I was like, well, wait a minute. Uh, I, I don't think it's too fast. Of course that never happened. <laughs> but right. And move in part happened in like two weeks, but then yep. move out part happened too. <laughs> yep. After. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. They want to move in within two weeks. Here I am. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I wanted to also mention was about the step one, don't run. Step two, make a U-turn. Step three, break free. Because, you know, a lot of people are wondering, you know, where to begin and they feel so powerless. They feel so, you know, where to start. Mm -hmm. And, and so I like to mention to people, even though, you know, we, we have the slay methodology, which is really great, but I know a, a lot of people are thinking, where do I start? Where do I begin? You know? And, and so I, I, you know, the step one, don't run is, is a good place to start because, you know, when you're sitting there in a relationship, whether it's professional or personal, and you feel you like your self-esteem is in on the floor and, it, you know, you feel like, how the hell did I get here? How the hell did this happen to me? And you feel, and I know because I've, 
I've done this too, you know, where I recently, fairly recently in my life where I was like, wait a minute, you know, <laughs> and, and I tell this story actually, which I, I'll tell. I, it was actually uh, July of 2019. So just four years ago, actually, I was um, on vacation with my family in uh, Maui in uh, Haleakala. We, we decided to go um, up the mountain of Haleakala with my daughter and my husband. And we, you go up there at sunrise and I was still in this business partnership with this narcissist. And we go up there at sunrise. My daughter is like, oh, so beautiful. It's so, you know, it's like, it's like heaven on earth, mom. And I said, yeah, it really is. My daughter was 17. And I said, oh God, it really is. And all I could think of though, was that narcissistic business partner. It was just playing in my mind. It was just plaguing me, this situation. All of a sudden it hit me. I thought, Oh my God. No, 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 no. You do not get to be here. You do not get to be here on heaven on earth. Like it's one thing to be, you know, in my mind or, you know, ruminating or whatever, if I'm in my house or somewhere else, but you don't get to be here on heaven on earth. And I realized in that moment that every moment that I gave this person, I was allowing myself to be a victim. And I was like in victim mode and I was not in creation mode. And I just thought, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not giving my this person any more space in my head or any more space of my life. And I just, the, the person who walked up that mountain was not the same person who walked down that mountain. And so I just decided right then and there I was done. And I walked down that mountain and I, I, I was like, I'm telling her this person, I'm getting out of this thing and I'm finishing my negotiation book. So I, and I decided I'm finishing uh, negotiate like you matter, which I finished that book. I sent it out for endorsements. One of the people I sent it out to was Robert Shapiro, who I didn't even know. And I asked him for an endorsement. He writes me back and says, call me. I was like, um, okay. So I called him and he, he offers to write the foreword for the book and which he ended up doing. And so that book came out in September of 2019. Then somebody after that told me this, this person had been a covert narcissist. I was like, what is that? So at the same time I was learning about narcissism, I was also learning about YouTube and algorithms and how to do funnels and all this stuff. And this is now fall of 2019 in January of 2020, my first video came out on how to negotiate with a narcissist. I had like 300 subscribers on YouTube at that point. And I thought, oh, and so that video hit and it got like 700 views. My other videos on negotiating in general got like, I don't know, um, 30 views or something. And so then I thought, okay, this video did well. So I'm going to do a course called Slay Your Negotiation with a Narcissist. 
and I'm going to have it go live on March 11th. And I decided that day because it was um, after Mercury retrograde was over of March of March 11th of 2020. Now, I had no idea anything of what was going to happen in the world at that point. Right. I put the course together. I decided it was going to go live. I had no nothing going on on YouTube, hardly at all. And I decided I was going to do eight more videos on how to negotiate with a narcissist. I had the course go live with a webinar. Now I sit here with you today, three years, well, four years, four years after that, but three, three and a half years since that course went live, I have sold 10,000 of those courses and I have 40 million views on YouTube because I stood on that mountain and made that decision. Wow. I'm shocked. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes we do have that turning point. And I guess that's when our inner like voice telling us to finally start doing and stop suffering, just stop being a victim and stop suffering, get out of this victim mindset. Then it's when the magic happens because you really let yourself to shine and unleash your power within. Yeah, I stood on that mountain. I think God spoke to me. Yeah. And, and I and said, no more, no yeah. more. I'm done. And and so and and last week I launched my high conflict negotiation certification program mm -hmm. and which is for professionals uh, who are either already in a career or want to launch a career. It is amazing. I love this high conflict negotiation certification. It is amazing. And I had 1100 people on my webinar and, um, you know, I got off the call and we had 200 calls booked for it. So, I mean, it, it's, you know, all of this is just, you know, in a couple of years. It's a very hot topic now. Everyone is concerned about it. They would like to learn more and there is not many resources about it. So you were just the one who providing all the good information. You know, I, I know that my heart is in the right place too, you know, because I know that it's because I'm providing a service for people that it's something that I deeply care about. I have the best team on the planet. I, I, we are creating a conscious company. We're creating a team that is deeply cares about the people that we serve. And, uh, you know, that, that is why I'm super proud. I love that. And also you have your new book coming out. When is it coming out and what inspired you to write it and how can we get your new book? Yeah, thank you. So my book is coming out on October 3rd, but it is in pre-order now. And if anybody pre-orders it, they get access to me, my private launch team, behind the scenes, uh, you know, masterclass, all kinds of really cool stuff. Uh, they can get it at slaythebully.com. They can follow me and subscribe to me on my YouTube, which is Rebecca Zung ESQ. My Instagram is at Rebecca Zung, my TikTok at Rebecca Zung, my website, same. So that's that's me in a nutshell. And uh, if anybody is interested in any of my programs, it's all there too. So super excited about all of this really cool stuff. It's just the beginning of what we're building, you know, to 
bring the world to new beginnings and new futures. I love that. I appreciate you sharing your experience and knowledge. Thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show, tag NBB Podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB Podcast. And if you haven't, subscribe, rate and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.